At age 26, today's guest questioned his entire life and its meaning after being involved in a nearly fatal car accident. This made him decide to go all in on holistic self-development. He is the CEO, founder, and co-host of Next Level University, a global top 100 podcast with over 800 episodes in over 100 countries. He's a professional speaker and business consultant specializing in helping businesses maximize their growth, impact, and profitability online. Welcome to the show, Alan. How are you doing? I'm very well, Toby. Thank you so much for having me. I was reading through your stories and reading through your um, your website and everything that you do, and I, I found it so fascinating. I just want to first of all say I'm so sorry for your loss. Like I read that at the age of two, you lost your father, your, or your father passed away in a car accident, and um, yeah, this happened also to you. Quite almost happened to you also at the age of 26. You were also involved in a nearly fatal car accident also, and this you know turned your life around basically. So. Is it possible for you to, to share this experience with me, how it changed your life and how it made you question the choices that you are making at that point in your life? Yeah, so uh, I'm 33 years old now. And when I tell this story, it's important to understand that I didn't always have this much clarity, but it starts when I was very, very young. So when I was two years old, my father passed away in a car accident. And I had an older sister who was three years older than me and my mother, and they raised me. I also had a stepfather from ages three to 14. My stepfather ended up leaving when he, when I was 14, that's another story, but the best lesson I've ever gotten. I always like to start here. I was seven years old and my mom sat me down and she said, Alan, life is about choices. She said, you can be a CEO or you can be a farmer. I'm going to love you either way. But if you're a CEO, you can wake up one day and decide to be a farmer, but it doesn't necessarily work the other way around. So aim high and you'll have choices. To this day, I'm 33 now. Best lesson I've ever gotten. Mm. Best lesson I've ever gotten. And that's still what I try to tell everybody. And I told you in the preamble, that's what the theme of this episode would be about when you asked me what my intention was. Life is about choices. Everything you say, you think, you do, and you believe Mm. are about choices. Yes. So fast forward, my mom took a chance on me. This is interesting. So in my country, uh, I was in eighth grade and my mom said, you can take eighth grade off. And eighth grade was the tail end of middle school before you transition into high school. And for those of you who don't know, so, so basically I still had to go to school, but what my mom was telling me was you don't have to try. Mm. Up to that point, I got straight A's, so I had really good grades and maybe a couple B's here and there. But she said, take eighth grade off, go have fun, but you have to promise me that you'll get the President's Award in high school. So in my country, the President's Award at the time, 50 years ago, I'm kidding, I'm only 33, <laughs> but all those years ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all those years ago, yes. uh, the President's Award at the time meant you needed a 95 or above GPA out of 100 every report card for all of high school. So that was four years of high school, four report cards. Uh, So 16 report cards total, you can't get below a 95. So I took eighth grade off. If you look at my academic career, you know, I still went to school, but I had straight A's, couple B's, C's, D's, and B's in eighth grade. And then in high school, straight A's. I got 189 in honors English. Uh, Miss Desolets, and I'll never forget it. And I never took honors English again after that, by the way, <laughs> which in hindsight was a mistake. 
but I did. I got the President's Award, and it was incredible. Now, fast forward. I end up going to my dream school, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. I do electrical and computer engineering there. I end up staying for my MBA. At the time, my dream was to be a Fortune 50 CEO in America, just like Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. So I'm on that path. I, I get my master's in business and I'm in corporate and I started a tech company on the side and I, I've got all these corporate jobs and I worked for a company called Oz Development Software Company. I worked for a company called Sensata Technologies. I worked for a company called uh, Tyco Safety Products. I worked for iRobot for a time. I eventually landed at a company called Cognex. Cognex sold industrial automation equipment into manufacturing facilities all across the world. And my territory, I, w- I was inside sales team, and then I was promoted to outside sales. And my territory was Western Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Vermont. So I manage my own territory. And at this point, I'm in my early 20s. I'm making well over six figures, nearly $200,000 a year. I'm a 1% earner in terms of actual income. And I have everything I think I want, right? Beautiful girlfriend, um, more than enough money, uh, paid off all my debt. I paid off $84,000 worth of college debt in one year uh, back in 2014. Mm. And so I'm off to the races. Now, fast forward, fast forward. I'm 26 years old at this point. I'm still working at Cognex. I'm up in New Hampshire with my little cousin. We're playing Call of Duty. And it's a Friday night. We're not doing anything crazy. We're not partying or anything like that. We're playing Call of Duty and we decided we want to go to TGI Fridays. It's a dark winter night and the snow banks up in New Hampshire, were, there was so much snow that year that the snow banks were up above the signs. So the plows covered the signs. Yeah. There was a yield sign that I didn't see. There was this three-way intersection. The road actually stayed right. I thought it stayed left. I end up on the wrong side of the road. I'm looking down at the GPS and I look up and I see what I think at the time is a Mack truck. Mm. Brightest lights I'd ever see. Big bright lights, 10 feet in front of my car. Mm. At the time, I think it's a Mack truck. So I'm thinking we're, we're done. This, there's no way we survive this. Fortunately, it ended up being a pickup truck. So up in New Hampshire, there's a lot of pickup trucks with lift kits. It was yeah. a lift kitted pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And I was driving a 2004 Volkswagen Passat, which I used to call the tank. This was a German engineered, I know you're yeah. from Germany, German engineered steel trap of a car, Volkswagen Passat. And it was mm-hmm. such a heavy car. I used to call it the tank. Mm-hmm. So both airbags did deploy. My uh, cousin hurt his knee on the airbag. I hurt my face on the airbag. So physically we're okay. Now, I usually show in my speeches, I'll show a picture of my car because I've, this is not a fender bender. This car is completely smashed and totaled. And I've seen pictures of my father's car. I usually show pictures of my father's car as well because circle back, I'm 26 at the time. When I was two years old, my father passed away in a car accident. when He was 28 years old. So physically we're okay, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I am absolutely rattled. I'm completely um, in regret and I'm, I'm shaken. I used to call it shaking the snow globe. My snow globe was completely shaken. Everything I thought I knew was shaken up. And so my cousin was 17 at the time. He was already tweeting about it. He didn't think anything of it. For me, it, it, it shattered my, all my belief systems, it, my identity. It, it had me questioning everything. That's the best way I can describe it. I was questioning everything, yeah. right? Did I live 
my life the way I wanted to? Um, am I proud of the man that I became? If that was it, would I be grateful for the work that I did in the world? Did I love openly and honestly? Did I, did I fight fiercely for what I believe in? Those kinds of questions, right? Yeah. And so I often say I had my midlife crisis when I was 26, mm. which I'm super grateful for now. So I now live by this quote, simple, but it's, it's important. And if we are using video for the podcast, yeah. I have a, uh, and it, for those of you who are on audio only, I have a necklace behind, uh, around my neck at all times that has a true North, North star on it. Yeah. And this represents something, this quote I'm about to say, which is you cannot see the stars during the day. Mm-hmm. They are always there. But sometimes it takes the darkness to see clearly that which you simply could not within the light. And so there was two stars that I had never seen before that I noticed in that dark. And now this is a metaphor, obviously, right? Emotion, physically, I'm okay, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I'm not. I'm definitely shaken. Mm. So I, I'm in the dark. I'm in emotional turmoil, right? Spiritual questioning. I see two stars I'd never seen before. The first one is Tony Robbins' TED Talk. So regardless of what you think of Tony, that TED Talk is the best TED Talk ever done, in my opinion. Unbelievable. So, so, so good. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Number two, I came across a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Now, what a coincidence, right? I, I almost died in a car accident. My father did pass away in a car accident when he was around the same age. And I'm questioning my life. And I come across a book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Not a coincidence. To this day, I have a flashcard in my pocket with all five regrets. There's a woman by the name of Bronnie Ware. She's from Australia. I've actually since interviewed her, which was really, really cool. And that was like four years later, by the way, which is wild. I got to meet her. But this book changed my life profoundly because the number one regret of the dying was I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. Now, Bronnie Ware worked in hospice for eight years. She worked with the terminally ill for eight years. And she noticed these same regrets over and over and over again. She thought her job was to take care of these people. Now she realizes that her job, her real job was to listen, to be there for them. They're all reflecting on their life. They're terminally ill, right? So they have an end date and they're all reflecting on their life saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. And the same regrets All these people are from different backgrounds, different countries, different places in the world. They visited all these different, different industries, different professions. They all have the same regrets. Please, can you share these regrets with us? Yes, absolutely. So the number one is I wish I had lived a life true to myself and not what others expected of me. That's the one that I already shared. Mm -hmm. The second one is I wish I had, I hadn't worked so hard, which by the way, I interviewed Bronnie Ware and I got to ask her, I said, isn't that because of number one? (laughs) And the reason why is because if you're not living a life true to yourself and you're working so hard, of course, you're going to regret that. Mm -hmm. But if you are living true to yourself, because I asked her, I said, Bronnie, I love my work genuinely. And I I, I feel like it's a spiritual calling. I don't, I'm not going to regret working really hard. I'm working harder now than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't feel like I'm going to regret it, even though I did before when I almost passed away in that car accident. And she said, honestly, Alan, that makes a lot of sense, which was really cool. It was really cool. So the first one, I wish I had lived a life true to myself, not what others expected of me. Second one, I wish I hadn't worked so hard, but I think that's because of number one. 
Okay. Number three, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Number four, second most important one in my opinion. I wish I had had the courage to express my true feelings. Mm. I just got the chills. That I don't talk about that one enough. I wish I had the courage to express my true, true feelings. feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be a big challenge sometimes, you know. Yeah. And then number five, this is interesting. I wish I had let myself be happier. Hmm. I wish I had allowed myself to be happier because we all have this subconscious checklist of like, if this, 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 and this isn't right, then I'm going to be frustrated or pissed off or unhappy. Yes. And so those are the five. Those are the five. But to get back to the original story, and I'm at the tail end here, that's what I realized after that car accident. I said, okay, I got to redesign. I got to re-engineer my life around what is fulfilling to me. And now I'm writing a book called Optimizing for Fulfillment. I write three paragraphs a day. It's being published a year from now. But my whole life, I have, you know, I didn't know this back then, but I changed my whole career. I quit, I quit my job. I started a podcast called Conversations Change Lives. And then I partnered up with Kevin. And then we were the hyperconscious podcast for many years. Now we're next level university. And here I am now a coach. I've got 20 clients all over the world. Some from Australia, some from Italy, some from Finland, uh, one from uh, several from Canada, a bunch from the U S all over the U S and all these different businesses, all these different people, all these different industries. And I've got a top 100 self-improvement podcast now. And so I think the takeaway, the, the most important thing after that car accident at 26, I started making new choices. I stopped chasing external success and I started to really trust and, and look into self-awareness and make sure that my goals aligned with who I am and who I aspire to be. Um, And that, that hopefully will be helpful for anyone listening. Yes. That's so beautiful. I would just love to know, um, you know, how how you were able to get rid or overcome that, um, that shock, because I can imagine it's, that's kind of experience, you know, shaking you and it, deep down to your root, basically. How are you able to, you know, after seeing the, the two stars, of course, how are you able to, you know, get yourself back together and, you know, get back on track again? Well, first, I want to be transparent. I appreciate the question. So we talk often about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, yes. but we, we don't talk about enough, which, by the way, is very real. I, I had double yellow lines scared me for a long time. I kept mm. getting pulled over because I was too far on the right side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was scared of double yellow lines because I was on the wrong side of the road. Um, when I got in that accident, I also had claustrophobia issues, like mm-hmm. crowds bothered me. I had some stuff to work through after that car accident for sure. Yeah. But what we don't talk about enough, I think is post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. After that car accident, I mean, I went back to the drawing board. I contemplated my entire life. And, and like I said, I redesigned, I re-engineered everything from, from the, the, the floor to the ceiling. Yeah. And the floor, the foundation, I, I now have a, a pyramid that I take my clients through called the Pyramid of Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but a, a more practical, what I consider better 21st century version. Yeah. And it starts with the physical needs of the body, and then it moves to the, the emotional and mental and spiritual needs. And, and the top of the pyramid is really fulfillment, mm-hmm. uh, mission and calling and, and living in alignment with your mission and your calling. But, but it's, it's got five levels to it and, and, you know, it, it's supposed to be incremental. So I went back to the drawing board and built from the ground up, starting with my own character. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when I really got into personal development and I started, I mean, I started reading every personal development book I could get my hands on and I just absorbed it all. And I had a really contemplative phase where I was just trying to figure out how to rebuild. That's awesome. I really admire your, you know, your willpower to, you know, get back on track and get something wonderfully done out of that experience that you are like, you know, also using it right now to impact even the lives of thousands, millions of people out there. That's so awesome. I really admire that. That's beautiful. I appreciate that. Thank you. So for people out there who are listening to this right now and wondering, um, Alan, how can I make wise decisions? How can I make wise choices um, in order to maximize my potentials in life, in order to maximize my, my level of contribution or impact to the world? What will, you, how, what will you say to those people and how would you advise such people? Well, I think the first thing to understand is that you do have a purpose whether you're aware of it or not. And I'm not just saying this as some sort of fortune cookie statement. I, I mean, from a practical, and I remember I'm an engineer, right? So, so I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm a very scientific, practical human being who, who likes tangible things. Mm. The best teachers in the world, in my opinion, are two words. Fulfillment is number one and regret is number two. Mm. So we aren't born into this world thinking, I know who I am. No, no, no. We're born into this world naked, scared, and ignorant. And then we go out into the world and we try different things. So persons, places, things, and ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, and we, we hit guardrails, AKA we get pain, we get regret, we get, but we also get fulfillment. We get joy, we get happiness. Mm -hmm. And so in my opinion, the two most important teachers on the planet, more so than any mentor or any book is fulfillment and regret. Those are your guardrails. Everyone right now, assuming you have a good memory, can look back at your past. And, and my girlfriend, I'll give you an example of this. <laughs> I was 32. I was turning 33 I, back in November. And she said, Alan, she always asked me these great questions. Alan, what are you going to do differently in your 33rd year? And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, such a good question. I get to take 32 years of experience I think wisdom is knowledge plus experience. And so I get to take 32 years of knowledge plus experience and I get to invest it in my 33rd year. And by invest it, what do I mean? Make wiser choices. So what I do with my audiences often is everyone think of a terrible idea that they executed on when they were in their teens. So everyone think about a terrible idea where in hindsight it was like, oh, that was so unintelligent. Okay. Yes. Now I have one when I was 16, I made a terrible choice and, um, I'll actually just share it. I I went to meet a girl I barely knew and I ended up losing my virginity. And in hindsight, if I could go back, I would say, Hey, Alan, that's probably not the best idea. Now, fortunately, nothing terrible happened, but you don't really know this girl. Like that's probably not an intelligent choice. Now everyone asks themselves, think about that, that thing, that story. Okay. You're in your teens and you do that thing or whatever not an intelligent choice. We get it, right? You're a teenager. Okay. You would never make that choice again. No. Okay. Neither would I. Why? Because we are now more aware of the long-term consequences of that choice. Mm. So that's what life is about. You, your original question was, how do you make wiser choices? Yes. First of all, you have to understand 
that you can only make choices at the level you currently play at. So I'm at 33. So when I'm 43, I'm going to be making way better choices than I am at 33, mm-hmm. assuming that I continue to become more aware and more capable. Yes. So you kind of have to understand that life is a little bit like a video game. Mm-hmm. On level one, you're not that good at the game yet, but the bosses are kind of easy, mm-hmm. right? You only have a little sword instead of a big amazing sword. You only have a little bit of armor. Maybe you have a a wooden shield instead of a iron shield. That's okay. That's what life's about. You you start out in life and you go figure it out. The the thing that I notice that makes the difference is how quickly people figure it out. See, my girlfriend's 27 years old and she's obsessed with learning. She's obsessed with personal development. I mean, she's the hardest working person I've ever met in my entire life, bar none. So she's figuring it out quicker than other people. That doesn't mean she has it all figured out, but her at 27, I can promise you is far more aware and far more effective than most people at 47. Wow. The difference is that she's taking the lessons and the learning. Not only is she being proactive, reading books, mentors, asking questions to me and everybody else, and then taking courses on the side and reading all these things and journaling. And she has a math book literally that she opens on a Sunday morning to start doing probabilities. Mm. See, she's just figuring it out quicker. So to answer your original question, how do you make wiser, better choices? Yes. You reflect on the past and say, you know what? If I was really honest with myself, I do regret that decision. I'm not going to beat myself up and live in guilt and shame for the rest of my life. But honestly, if I could go back in time, I would make a different choice. Why? Because I'm more aware now. I'm more intelligent now. Guess what? You can't go back in time, but what you can do is learn from it and not make the same choice again, not make the same mistakes again. You can make a better choice, but most people have such a negative relationship with regret that they try to pretend, Oh, I was just young. They just wish all the pain away. This is not a popular thing in the personal development industry, but no pain, no gain. One of the reasons why I started making better choices after 26 was because of the pain. Now, I want to believe like you do that people can change without pain. Discomfort and pain are teachers. Yeah. If you're uncomfortable with some poor choices you used to make, Mm -hmm. if you sit in that discomfort and learn from those choices, you can make better choices in the future. We all know we get frustrated with certain things and then we innovate software companies. Users get frustrated and they give feedback and say, Hey, your software is terrible. This thing right here sucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for that feedback. Let me innovate the product. Mm -hmm. So if you have an iPhone and you can't unsend a text message and you wonder why, and you're frustrated, it's because they're going to eventually innovate that. Why can't I unread my texts? <laughs> Why can't I unsend a text, but yet Facebook DM I can and Instagram DM I can, mm. right? So Apple needs to get it together, right? But yes, the point yes. is, is that pain and discomfort and frustration is actually the catalyst for growth. Mm-hmm. So how do you make wiser decisions? You grow. That's mm. the short-term answer. You just go and you grow as much as possible. You reflect on your past. You reflect on your present. You design a brighter future on your own terms and you go after it with everything you've got. to the Daily Climb podcast, where we explore personal growth, mindset, and productivity strategies to help you pursue your passions. 
My name is Arielle, and I'm so passionate about helping young adults actually feel excited to wake up in the morning and to create the life of their dreams. So I want you to make sure that you tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for tips and inspiration so that you can climb. I can't wait to see how you grow. Yeah, I like that. Pain and discomfort are the best teachers we could ever have for our growth, for our personal growth in life. And I think I get to understand now what I read on your website um, or on your, one of your pages while preparing for this interview or this conversation. I read that um, knowledge is not power, but applied knowledge is power. So now from your explanation, I, I, I just came into my brain back like, yeah, I read this somewhere that I was wondering, what, why is knowledge not power? Everywhere I, I read it, I say I, it's, it's, it's written um, that knowledge is power and on your page, I'm seeing, uh, no, 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 knowledge is not power, but applied knowledge is power. And now from what you talked about now, I, I can really understand why we have to apply the knowledge that we have from the regret, from the experience of the past, in order to have power to grow and become better people in the future. Wow, that's beautiful. But from, from your experience so far, how would you define a life of meaning and purpose? Like you, if you interviewed a lot of people, you've lived a life also, you've experienced a lot of things personally. How would you define a life of meaning and purpose? A life of meaning and purpose is a life where you are maximizing your own unique potential and then creating something mm-hmm. that helps others do the same. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, everyone think of their favorite movie. Okay, for me, uh, it's The Lion King. And the reason why, in hindsight, I didn't know this at the time, but, you know, obviously, you know, Simba's father passes away. Yeah. And then there's sort of the stepfather slash uncle that comes in and Simba runs from his past and, and gets banished and then doesn't want to face the, the pain of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then comes back and lays claim to who he originally, who he really was. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for all of us. Yeah. But the point I'm making is, is someone had a dream to create the Lion King. And, and they put together a team of animators and a team of incredible people to make that movie magnificent. Yeah. And that movie changed my life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going out and changing other people's lives in a positive way. And so what does it mean to live a meaningful and purposeful life? Doing the very best you can with the gifts you were given. And a lot of people say this, like, oh, I'm grateful for what I have. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful. It's like, okay, it's a little hardcore, but saying it isn't what matters. Mm-hmm. If you're grateful for your health, health, yes. prove it by exercising. Mm. Prove it by developing it. If you're grateful for your mind, prove it by using it for good. Prove it by developing it. Prove it by reading and getting better. And so a meaningful, purposeful life is a, is a, a life of alignment. I believe that fulfillment is the soul's recognition of alignment with its highest self. Mm. So when I get off of this, I'm yeah. going to be more fulfilled, even though it's challenging. Mm. That's proof that I'm in alignment with my calling. Yeah. Whatever your calling is, when you're fulfilled... And by the way, this is the interesting thing about fulfillment. I'll go quick on this. Eating a donut tastes good, but it will never fulfill you. Mm -mm. A hard workout sucks, but it will be fulfilling. See, that's the indicator. 
I think that we did a real disservice by saying happiness was the goal, the pursuit of happiness. I, I don't think anyone even knows what that means. See, fulfillment makes sense because sometimes you take actions and they're fun, but they're not fulfilling. You feel empty after. Sometimes you take actions that are brutal, hard. I did a triathlon, sucked. But after you feel so fulfilled, so accomplished. So a deep, meaningful life is one where you, you maximize your own unique potential in whatever that means to you, not to me, yeah. not to Toby, to you. Mm-hmm. And you help others do the same. Mm-hmm. And, and in some unique way, that can be a software, that can be a movie, that can be a book you write, that can be a, a symphony. Yeah. It can be whatever it is that you create, but it has to be something in alignment with your calling. And I think fulfillment is the soul's recognition of that. And how can we now, you know, design a kind of life that, you know, is, is a fulfilling life, a life that also impacts other people's life positively? How can we, you know, um, align ourselves into this kind of goal and um, kind of um, journey? So I think that in a way it's always happening. So um, I can give a framework, but at the end of the day, I think that there's three real things that matter most on the highest level spend, invest your life to constantly learn about the world, learn about yourself, Mm. and then learn about how those two work together. Yeah. And what I think, you know, to answer your original question, how does somebody design a life of fulfillment or or design a life of meaning? Mm -hmm. You got to start from, from the ground up, foundation up. I use a pyramid. I always think of everything as a pyramid. And at the top of it is a North Star. Mm. And the cool thing about a pyramid is that you can only climb the pyramid higher once the foundation is wider. Yeah. Because what happens to a lot of people, and I've seen this a, a lot of times, so some, several of my clients, right? Um, very successful, some of the multimillionaires, like tens of millions mm. net worth. And what you find is that sometimes they focus on the top parts of the pyramid at the expense of their health. Mm. Some people take better care of their business than their own body, which is a huge mistake in the long run. So it's it's a foundational, structural, syntactual, sequential building and rebuilding of a pyramid Mm -hmm. in this analogy. And I have something called the pyramid of fulfillment that has 18, I think 18 different facets of it. But there's five levels. And the first level is your body sleep, hydration, nutrition, training, and mobility, mm-hmm. and then body slash health upkeep. So doctor's appointments, des- dentist appointments, chiropractor, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then the next is your emotional needs, right? Um, belonging, uh, friend group, love and intimacy, things like that. Mm-hmm. Intimate relationship. Yeah. But to answer your question on this show, and if anyone wants the pyramid of fulfillment, by the way, they can reach out. I would be happy to send it. I'll send it to you as well. Um, it's what it's the framework that my book is built around optimizing Mm -hmm. for fulfillment because everyone it's a formula fulfillment is a formula Mm -hmm. and it's a formula that you master and you remaster and you remaster and it's got all these different criteria and it's got all these different levels and so the the short answer is it takes a lifetime to master Mm -hmm. fulfillment yeah um i'm not as good as it now as I will be next year and I'm not as good as it next year as I will be when I'm 36 and then 38 and then 40 and then 45 and then 65. 
I remember, and I'll tell this briefly. Toby, I grew up in an environment that didn't have a lot of self-improvement. And to be honest, that's an understatement. It was zero, zero self-improvement. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I saw the downside of that. And I experienced the downside of that. But what I want to say is I looked around and I, and I got scared. I looked around and I saw a lot of really unfulfilled human beings, unfulfilled marriages in particular. I mean, I looked at married couples and I was like, oh no, like that's, that's what, right. People always told me this. They said, Alan, I was in high school. These are the best years of your life. I was like, oh God, I hope not. <laughs> oh my God. High school was not that great. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I got bullied. You know, I was the, the straight A student, not that good at sports type of mm, guy. Mm. And a <laughs> little different now. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> but I remember thinking like, God, I hope not. And I remember I, I was in my early 20s and I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm trying to figure out the formula to not end up old and miserable like everybody else. Mm. Now, why did I say everybody else? My tiny little town of non-self-improvement of people telling me high school, the best years of your life. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. No. High school are the best years of some people's lives. Yeah. But if you keep improving your character, your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual development, you keep getting better and reading books and investing in yourself and investing in your businesses and investing in real estate and investing, your future is going to be way better. My relationship right now is so unreasonably magnificent compared to my high school relationship. Mm -hmm. Why? Because my girlfriend, my future wife, and I are way better than we used to be. Yeah. We're way more intelligent. We're way more aware. We're way more capable. We're way more emotionally regulated, mm. right? Don't listen to anyone who says, oh, these are the best years of your life. I get what they're saying. What they're saying is you have very low responsibilities. Go enjoy that. Yeah. When in reality, I think life is more about taking the greatest responsibility you can to maximize your potential and help others do the same. That's meaningful. That's how you create and engineer a life of meaning. Yeah. Easy will never fulfill you. Mm, yeah, easy yeah. is easy. Yes, yes, that's true. I say this at the tail end of my speeches, and I'll just say this quickly. I do not wish for you to have an easy life. I what? wish for you to have a challenging mm -hmm. but deeply meaningful life. My childhood was nothing short of unreasonably challenging beyond what I can even say publicly but I have a deeply meaningful life because I always fought for a brighter future. And I always tried to develop myself and others. And I always, I just never stopped. I never gave up. I never lost hope. I never let nihilism, which is hopelessness seep in right now. There's so much nihilism in the world because of COVID and all these things. It's like, hang on to that bright, bright future and work every day toward it because the future that you're working toward is creating the now. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say this quick too. We are all an amalgamation of three things. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this will answer your original question. Who you aspire to be is about the future. Yeah. Who you, your core values, who you are now is about the present. And then who you used to be, your upbringing, right? That's what makes us all unique. Yes. I have a different upbringing than you do, Toby. Mm -hmm. I have a different family tree than you do. Mm -hmm. I was born, I don't know if you were born in the U.S. or Germany, but I was born in a different country than you were. Yeah. So my past is different. 
I have different core values than you do. Mm-hmm. Right. One of them that we have in common though is definitely personal development. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. And then I have different dreams than you do. Yeah. Right. That's what makes us all unique. Mm-hmm. See, people think, oh, well, you're not your past and you're not your future. You're, you're only now. And it's like, no, no, you are an amalgamation of your past, your present and your future. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Tom Brady was Tom Brady before Tom Brady was Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But he was only Tom Brady in his mind, mm-hmm. in his imagination, in his vision. Yes. He was headed towards a bright future that no one else could see yet. Mm. And so if you're out there right now, that's how you create a meaningful life. Core aspirations, core values, core beliefs. My girlfriend, best framework of all time. Mm. Align the past and learn from it. Mm. Learn from the past, enjoy the present, build in the present, and then focus on a brighter future for not just you, but for everybody. And I'm telling you, um, your life will be fulfilling. Yeah. I love that. Focus on a bright future and that way you, you grow and you, every day of your life or every tomorrow of your life will become better than your yesterday, basically. Yes, I love that. I can, I can feel the, the powerful combination of your bachelor degrees in um, computer science and the MBA mixed up with your, you know, your vast experience with you know, um, being a professional speaker and business coach. I can see everything combined together to, in the words of wisdom that you are pushing out like, since I've been speaking with you. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for everything I've been able to learn from you so far. It's so impressive and so wonderful. Well, I, I would love to know, you know you, you, are, you are a business coach, you're a business consultant, and there are a lot of people out there who are looking forward to starting in the business or they are currently running the business and they are trying to find out ways to grow this business, ways to increase the profitability online, offline, or ways to even make more impact in the lives of people through this business. From your, from your experience, how can you advise us? Uh, there's so much to unpack there, but I'll give you some of the simple ones. Mm. The most simple one that I think is important, people say business is about making money, but they, it's, it's shallow thinking, mm. Okay. I was on the phone with Kev recently and uh, every Monday we would record our episodes and we were talking business and he said, he said, Alan, we, we have a really big day coming up because we charge our clients on Stripe and then the, it doesn't hit the bank account until like five business days or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like, we got a really big day coming up financially because he's the CFO and, and I'm the CEO. Mm-hmm. And so he runs the finance finances and, uh, I, I wasn't phased. I was so focused on our work. He's like, you don't even care. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I said, Kev, I don't not care about money. That's not it. I, I care more about the causes than the effects. Mm. I'm going to go deeper on this. Yeah. I care more about the causes than the effects. Yeah. See, us getting money in our bank account is an effect, not a cause. Mm. Okay. okay, business is about serving people in a powerful, unique way in alignment. The effect is money. Mm. I said, so you think I don't care about money. You're wrong. I care more about causes than effects. Mm. See, some people are focused on the shiny car. I know some, some people that are more focused on building a business and guess how many shiny cars they have. (laughs) You see, I'm not focused on the beach house. That's why I'll have a beach house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What you focus on in business is everything. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a beach house, that's great. Awesome. Great. Don't focus on that. Focus on building a magnificent business that adds value to so many people. 
that is a product or a service that people can't live without that improves the quality of their life. And then guess who gets a beach house? You. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I call it shiny object syndrome. So if you're a business owner and you have shiny object syndrome, you're in trouble. Hmm. You're in trouble. The businesses that win in the long run are the businesses that are focused on the mastery and the impact more than the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, Tom Brady was more focused on mastery than he was on money. money. And that's why he has lots of money. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm more focused on mastery mm-hmm. than I am on money. And that's why I have a lot of money. Yeah. Mastery has to come first. Mastery is the acorn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes. Yes. the acorn needs to stay the focus. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. So your podcast, for example, yeah. my podcast, podcasts in general, mm-hmm. something crazy like 70% of podcasts only get to between seven and 23 episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. if you can do more than 23 episodes, yes. you actually eliminate 75% of the competition. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So we're at 851 episodes or something like that. 860 something. I don't know. Yeah. We're 860 something. We're very fortunate at this point to be in the 0.00001% of successful podcasts. Mm. Okay. Not a lot of podcasts end up a multi six figure business and we're projected to have over a million a year by the end of the year. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yes. Yes. But that wasn't my focus. Mm. My focus wasn't, ooh, shiny objects. <laughs> My focus and Kevin's focus was how do we make the most valuable podcast ever for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Yes. I want our podcast to be so good that you can't not have it once you've tried it. Mm-hmm. Right? I you brush this. your teeth every day. You can have self-improvement for free in your pocket every day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because that's been our focus, even though the first Several years were brutal and we were broken in debt, right? We never lost sight of the acorn. The acorn was having the most successful, holistic, self-improvement podcast in history by helping our listeners more than anyone else can Yes, improve 1% per day every day. And now we have all these amazing things, top 100 self-improvement show and 860 episodes and, you know, I have 20 clients, Kevin has 18 and we have group coaching clients. So we have dozens of people from all over the world, Mm. all that stuff, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. All that stuff was a byproduct of the acorn. Mm. So the tip in business is don't lose sight of your acorn. Yeah. What is it that you can do for others better than anyone else can and master and remaster and master and remaster that forever for the long term? Yeah. And no one can beat you eventually when you do that. And the key word is eventually, because we only had a thousand listens in the whole first year. And we had more than that in one day last week. Wow. Yeah. That's growth. That's growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It took so, us a while to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, and that boils down to what you said already. Like focus on, you know, on the acorn, focus on mastering the, the course and the effect with, you know, just happen on its own, basically. Yes, yes. And I was going to ask you already, like my next point or next question was going to be to, for you to ask them um, to explain a little bit or introduce the um, next level university to us. You've talked about it already briefly, but for people out there who, who have not still understood what it is, how, how awesome this podcast is, can you just tell us more about it? Thank you very much. So next level university, it's exactly what it sounds like. 
no matter who you are or where you are. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what country you were born in. I don't care what industry you play in or what unique strengths and talents or weaknesses you have. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are or where you are or where you've been, you have a spotless future. Okay. Most empowering thought in the world. You have a spotless future, just like I do. Yeah. Okay. And there's always a next level. Mm. At Next Level University, we, this is kind of the slogan once per day, holistic self improvement in your pocket for free from anywhere in the world in your pocket. So self improvement in your pocket every single day. You brush your teeth every day you can listen to self-improvement every day. And the goal is if you improve by 1% per day, mm-hmm. every day yes. in health, wealth, and love, health is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. Wealth is how you make your money. In other words, do you love what you do? How much do you make? Is that increasing, decreasing, or neutral? Mm-hmm. And what are you investing in? Mm-hmm. Are you investing in books and courses and you know, successful tech companies? Or are you investing in what I refer to as dumb things? unintelligent things, right? Shiny stuff that doesn't actually make you more revenue. Mm -hmm. And then last is love, which is your intimate relationship first, your relationship with yourself. Technically that's first. (laughs) Uh, Friends, family, colleagues, mentors, mentees, clients, you name it, your love, your relationships. So health, wealth, and love, self-improvement in your pocket every single day, completely free from anywhere on the planet. And uh, that's Next Level University. Yes. So for us to get to the next level of our lives, we have to listen to the next level podcast, which has new episodes every day of the week. And it's available on every platform you ever imagine to listen to um, podcasts on, basically. I will place the, the, the link in the show notes of this episode. So I encourage everyone to click on the link, subscribe, follow the podcast, and listen to new, fresh episodes every day of the week. That's so awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Toby. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. So um, just as a follow-up question to that like everyone wants to get to the next level basically i believe everyone that's listened to this is trying to get to the next level of life but sometimes we have this um, fear we have limiting beliefs so can you share with us how we could overcome our fears and limiting beliefs in order to get to the next level of life yeah so uh you have two things you have to identify them Mm. and you have to have a big enough reason to overcome them I was on the phone recently, my girlfriend and I, we do relationship talks coaching, which we we, uh, coach married couples. And we have four clients right now that are paying and then several other people. We do live events, all kinds of cool stuff. But there was, we were on the phone with this one couple this past Saturday. um, And the previous, we do biweekly. So the previous call was all about goals and dreams. Mm -hmm. It was about how do we call it the we. So you have me, me, and then the we. The we is the relationship. Mm -hmm. And we're actually coming out with a podcast as well, by the way, which is cool on, on Valentine's day. It's about intimate relationships. So, but anyways, um, the, we is, has different goals than each individual because you have individual goals and then you combine them for bigger. The whole is supposed to be greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your original question, you have to have a reason big enough to overcome the limiting belief. And you have to identify what the limiting belief is, but you usually won't until there's a reason. Mm -hmm. So this person on the call, once they set these big goals and dreams, now all of a sudden, the female in the relationship was like, "Ah, I don't know how much I like my job. I don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. See, the previous call was about how they want to have a ranch on the side of a mountain with horses. Yeah. 
And now all of a sudden, two weeks later, she's like, I don't make enough. See, once you have that goal, that dream, mm-hmm. her subconscious is saying, hey, you're not in alignment with that. Mm. We can't stay here anymore and get that. Yeah. And so it was really uncomfortable. She was uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And we had this incredible, yes, challenging conversation about money of like, okay, how much debt are you in? Okay, how much do you make per hour? Okay, what do you like to do? Okay, well, what if you did social media on the side for different clients? And, and I said, mathematically speaking, I'm an engineer. There's no reason why you can't be debt-free and in the green by at least 30 grand peace of mind account mm-hmm. within two to three years. It's totally mathematically doable. We just got to make a couple tweaks, Yeah. right? Yeah. See, you're not going to get paid what you're worth until you learn what you're worth. And you're not going to learn what you're worth until you have big enough goals. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So people say it's about the journey. It's not correct. The destination you choose in advance dictates the journey. We've all heard of a destiny, right? Of course, yeah. Driving in my country, I drove from Boston to LA. I lived in LA for a time, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That's a very different drive than 30 minutes down the road. Mm. It's a very different journey. Of course. So if you set low goals, low dreams, you're not going to have a magnificent journey. Mm. Right? You're not going to have to face the fears, meet the people, get the mentors, read the books, Mm. set bigger goals. Aim high and you'll have choices. That's, That's the answer. Yes. Him high, have a reason for you to, yeah, to have a beautiful and bright future. Wow, that's mm-hmm. so beautiful. So for people out there who would love to, love to you know, connect with you and work with you, because I know we're not able to cover enough of everything that I could have gotten from you in this episode because of time limit. But there are some people out there who have listened so far and would love to get across to you, to work more with you, to know even more about what you offer that we're not, we not able to cover in this episode. So what's the best way to connect and work with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, that's beautiful. That's great. So I'm going to place also this information in the show notes of this episode, and I encourage everyone who is listening to click on the links, copy the links, and get across to Alan, and you know, listen to the podcast episode connect with him on every social handle and become much more better and have a spotless future and bright future. Thank you so much, Alan. I really appreciate everything I was able to learn from you in this episode. Thank you for having me, Toby. I really appreciate it. Great questions. A deeply valuable episode. Thank you so much. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.